You are listening to a sermon podcast from Kingdom City. We pray that over the next few moments, you will be blessed, equipped, and empowered to bring the reality of God to your world. We're continuing our series called The Church That God Intended, and I know that you've heard amazing messages all about uh, this series and all about the church that God intended. I know Pastor Mark has done uh, sermons on the church being the body and the bride, and I think a few of your the guys here have spoken as well. Pastor Mervyn's been doing one on the church as uh, a family, and so I was thinking, what can I do to bring to the table of what the church God intended? And I was thinking about this, and I felt the Holy Spirit drop this into me. To be the church that God intended is to be loved as the bride, to function like the body, to belong like a family, and to advance like an army. So today, church, we are going to learn how we have been called to be a victorious army. The church that God intended wanted the church to advance as an army. We need to know that we are in a war. You are in a war. Whether you like it or not, you have been sucked in to this war. Revelations 12, 7 describes an event that happened before humans were even created, they believe. And it says, the war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Revelations 12, 12 says, therefore rejoice you heavens and you who dwell in them, but woe to the earth and the sea. That's where we are because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. The devil knows his time is short and he's unleashing on us. He's unleashing on the world. And Pastor Mark says it like this. He says this quote, we are in a fight, but not everyone is fighting. Our prayer is today that we wake you up from the front to the back, to the left, to the right, wherever you're watching, to make you remember you are part of an army. As we look at the world statistics today on some of the things, it's quite alarming, mental illness which is like anxiety, depression, OCD, bipolar, all these things. Globally in 2022, the stats came back that 1.04 billion people have been diagnosed with mental illness. Billion, billion people. And those are the ones that we just know. Suicides in the world in 2022, 920,800,000 9, people. That's almost a million people who took their life, who decided to die, to cut their life short. Cancer in the world in 2022, 10 million people died of cancer. Alcohol-related death, deaths last year, 3.3 million people died of alcohol-related, pointless deaths, deaths that could have been avoided. The enemy's out to kill, steal, and destroy. We are at war. Ephesians 6, 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That means we don't wrestle against our husband or our wife. Turn to your husband and wife and say, I love you if you have one. Turn to your mother or father if you're sitting next to them and tell them you love them because you don't wrestle against them either. You don't wrestle against your boss. 
You don't wrestle against your siblings. You don't wrestle against that, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. We are fighting a war that we can't physically see, but spiritually we can see and we can sense. And you need to know you are in a war. Witchcraft and pagan worship has risen so much, especially the last 20 years with our teens. Teenagers that wouldn't normally explore this are now exploring this on TikTok and all the movies that are coming out and they're exploring this dark magic. It's becoming cool. It's not just that the, the uh, weird little, you know, warlock man in a temple now. It's cool kids that are exploring this stuff because the enemy knows and he's trying to gain an army. We are at war and we need to defend. We need to defend. As an army, we need to defend the territory that has been won for us. See, saints of old have fought for us for many things. Missionaries came to Asia and to the other parts of the world. They sacrificed. They gave up their life to get the gospel to us. They fought for territory for you to be able to access the gospel. Speaking in tongues in the early 1900s was broken over by a few faithful people. It wasn't common in churches. It wasn't common for our Christian to speak in the language of the Holy Spirit. And they got together and they smashed that spiritual lid that had been over the earth. They tarried until it broke and because of that we have territory in that area today the Bible there are people that gave up their life in the 15 uh, 1200 AD and 1500 AD they gave up their life you know Tyndall was at the stake burning dying his dying wish was that the king would open his eyes so that we could have the Bible the common man could have the Bible he'd been translating it and got caught and they uh, trialed him by death these guys fought now we have access now so much information about the Bible we can get for free it was territory that was one for you those of you who live, who are watching online in Western countries, did you know that there were saints that fought for you to get Christmas and Easter as public holidays? Not every country has that, but they fought that so that you could have a day to go and worship your God. There are people that fought for freedom of religion in countries where people can choose what religion that they go to. There are saints that fought and we need to defend what has been fought for us. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be alert, be alert. Don't be sluggish, apathetic, and be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's looking, he's watching. Where can he jump in? War strategy, strategy books say a defense strategy should be aimed at resisting or deterring oncoming attacks. So we need to resist and deter oncoming attacks from the enemy. And the enemy, he attacks us Christians with unity. That is his number one strategy against the church. He can't steal your salvation. He can't steal your faith in God. He can't maybe stop you, you know, serving in the house. But boy, can he get in when it comes to unity. Matthew 12, 25 says, Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. Wow. 
and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. Our house, our families, our church will not stand if we are not united. If we are not on the same page, if we're not going in the same direction. First Chronicles, uh, First Corinthians, sorry, 1.10 says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say. And that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Perfectly united. Are you perfectly uni united in mind and thought? with your family, with the church, with your connect group? Are you? Because there is power in that. You know, unity is not just for peace. It's not just to have a nice household, a nice life, a nice marriage. No, unity is for power. It's for power. You know, if an army went out to fight an enemy and the soldiers were on the battlefield, and they get the orders from the general on how to attack the army. And they listen and they went, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know if the general's got it right. And I think we should actually do, go around the enemy. I don't think we should attack this way. Or, or maybe the soldiers are going, you know, I don't like this uniform they make us wear. Like, it's so boring, the colors. Like, why couldn't we be bright? And I hate this gun. It's so heavy, these weapons I have to carry. And why did they put me? Why did they ruster me in the trenches? I hate being in the trenches. You know, I want to be up in the Air Force where all the action is happening. And yeah, we would look at that army and laugh and say they have no chance because they're divided. Why did they ruster me on carpon? Why did they make me wear a t-shirt? Why does the connect group do this? Why does the pastor Paul do things like this? Or why do they have us do the t -t 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 -t? the enemy knows? All he has to do, he doesn't come in in dark hooded, you know, creature type scary um, outfits to scare us. No, he just comes in thoughts. Why do they do this? Have you noticed this? You know, that really irritates you, doesn't it? And as we begin to agree with this, we begin to start to divide. Matthew 18, 19 says, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Just two of you agree. God is saying, hey, wake up. Unity is power. You agree on earth, we'll amen it in heaven. You say it on earth, we will make sure it happens in heaven. That is the power of unity. If you read earlier in Matthew 18, this chapter, it, Jesus tells a story of a guy that doesn't forgive and the consequences that happen with unforgiveness. And as a Christian, we have to forgive. Because if we don't forgive, we put a blockage, we put a wall between us and God. When people come to us for prayer and they feel this blockage, they don't feel God, they're not moving in their walk with God, oftentimes we'll ask them, have you got unforgiveness in your life? And nine times out of ten they go, no, no, I don't, I, I don't, I don't have any unforgiveness. Okay, so we go, Holy Spirit, could you just reveal to us if there is any unforgiveness? And then... Holy Spirit will drop a name, will go, hey, how about your mother? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Zeke, this is what we're going to do. 
Zika's my son. We lead them through unforgiveness, uh, uh, sorry, a forgiveness. And as they forgive, and some of them, you know, they've had to forgive terrible things. Things that have happened to them as a child that family members did or friends of family. They, you know, what something a child should never have to go through. And I sit there and my heart breaks for them as I hear them talk about these things. But as they let it go, I have seen literally darkness leave their face and leave their soul. And joy comes back and a lightness comes back when they forgive. Forgiveness is for freedom, but it's also for power. We need to be united. We need to advance. We need to defend and we need to advance. According to war tactics, an offensive strategy is aimed at capturing or claiming new territory and achieving the overall goals of the, of the war. Our goals of war comes from our orders and our orders come from the word of God. You want to know what our orders are? Read the word of God. Go make disciples. That's not just for the pastors. That's for the army. The army has to go and make disciples. That's why we're passionate about Greenhouse or SLA. If you are a teen, we are passionate about people not just doing discipleship for a season, but for a lifetime. And as you get disciple, then you will be able to disciple others and it will keep going. So we are passionate about that because our mission is to advance. We have to advance. That's why in KL, we're doing everything we can to get the house of God all ready for the revival that's coming because we understand that we need to advance. We can't keep moving around like the Israelites. We got to get a home. You know, this quote I saw um, online said this, the church is the only army that advances on its knees. The church is the only army that advances on his knees. The way to advance, pray. We got to pray. We need to pray. We need to come together to pray. When you come together to pray, that also brings unity. We have prayer meetings happening all the time. Every day, somewhere on Zoom, there's a prayer meeting happening. Lunch times, in the morning, in the afternoon. You can join me on Thursdays. It's 1 o'clock. We do a prayer meeting too. And so many of the KL guys join. It's quite a lot of fun. And we pray for your family, for your city, for your, for your resources and everything. Because we understand that we can't advance without prayer. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Your prayer has divine power to demolish strongholds. You don't understand. When you pray, when you declare, you are bringing down strongholds over your children, over your marriage, over your city, over your nation, through your mouth. We've taught so many people um, about the Victory Dress Code Prayer. And if you don't know what it is, you can download it on our store for free. It's a prayer that is based on Ephesians 6. And it teaches you to put on the full armor of God. And we get testimonies all the time. And about two weeks ago, a lady came up to me and told me this testimony of her neighbor who was going through a really hard time. 
And this lady who goes to one of our campuses said, oh, you know, I have this prayer I can get for you. Maybe you should try praying it over your home. And so the lady said, yeah, I'm desperate. The lady doesn't go to church, anything like that. So this lady from our church went and printed the victory dress code and gave it to her. Anyway, three weeks later, she saw her neighbor in the store and she told me her face was glowing. And she went up to her and said, how's things? And she goes, that piece of paper you gave me, it is like something is on it. I've been praying it every day. The atmosphere in my home has changed. I don't know what it is, but when I pray, I feel this energy. Thank you so much. Someone who doesn't even go to church. That lady advanced the kingdom by simply just giving her neighbor the victory dress code. You know another way that we can advance the kingdom? Christmas cards. This year, on your seats, Kingdom City KL, there are Christmas cards. We don't even charge you for these. Take it. Use this. Don't buy from the store. Use ours. And use it and ask the Holy Spirit, who can you invite this Christmas to our Christmas services, to our Christmas outreaches? Pray over these cards, anoint them, and then give them out. That is advancing the kingdom of God. Ephesians 6, 18 says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. That is talking about praying in, in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues. It's really important that every day we pray in tongues. Those of you who are baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, we need to do it every day and not just a little two-minute, quick minute. No, be intent about it. You know, here's a tip. Put your timer, your alarm, 10 minutes earlier. And so that when the alarm goes off, that is your, don't, before you even get out of bed, speak in tongues for 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 20 minutes. Just, just put your timer for your alarm, just 10, 15 minutes. And then your alarm will come, and then you get up and start your day. At least then you won't get distracted, and you're focusing, and you're, you're getting your spirit. Before you even jump out of bed, your spirit has communed with the spirit of God. It's realigning things. It's fixing things in you. It's downloading the mind of Christ in you. And you're instructing angels to do amazing things on your behalf before you even get out of bed it's so easy so we got to defend we got to advance because we are anointed for victory come on if you believe it say amen not just the front row come on are you anointed for victory amen Second Corinthians 5.15 says, We have become the unmistakable aroma of the victory of the anointed one to God. A perfume of life to those being saved. You should smell like victory. When you go to your work tomorrow morning, they should be like, Wow, you smell different. You can say, yes, it's the smell of victory. New perfume? No, 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 no. Well, what did you do on the weekend? Well... I went and met with the maker of the universe and I saw signs and wonders and victories. I saw people sick get healed. I saw people with no hope get hope. I saw it with my own eyes. People would be like, wow, can we come with you next weekend? You should smell like victory. You should smell different. You should look different and you shouldn't have to be able to wear a big t-shirt that says, I'm a Christian. They should just know by the smell, by the aroma around you, that there's something different. There's something about you. You know, uh, funny story, but powerful. Pastor Mark and I, um, a few weeks ago, he 
decided to take me on a walk. He's doing these walks. Um, some of you have seen him walking here on the streets of Kale. And uh, he goes for these long walks and they're amazing because he prays and, and it's good. Even this morning, you know, he went for a walk this morning. He called me up. He'd already done a walk, prayed for all the cities, prayed for you here in KL, everyone watching online. He, he walks and prays. So he said, come on, let's just do this walk in this 45 minute walk. I don't walk. So I'm like, okay. So, cause sometimes for marriage, you know, you don't wrestle with fresh and blood. So you just have to submit. Salton, that's for you. And Billy, congratulations. First time in church, married. It's good. Anyway, um, so we're walking and I'm sort of complaining in my head about it, you know, and it's a long walk and he walks so fast, you know, so you have to like walk a lot faster to keep up with him. And we're walking along this water and then we come and we see this girl and she comes running up to Pastor Mark and I thought, oh, someone from church. So anyway, uh, he's talking to her and I come up, I'm like, <sighs> you know, I'm not very friendly at all. I'm just, cause I can't talk, I'm out of breath, you know? That's how unfit I am. So I'm just like, hey, and she's like, oh, hi, Pastor Mark, Pastor Jim. Um, it's nice to see you. We're like, oh, hi, we're just doing a walk. Oh, I'm from one of the campuses. Oh, that's good. So you, you're involved? Yeah, yeah. I go, do you go to a connect? <sighs> oh, yes, yes, yes. I do. Okay, great. All right. So nice to see you. Okay, bye. Shake her hand and we leave. We didn't think anything of it. We, we just kept walking. I find out a few days later, she came and talked to me and then her connect leader talked to me last week as well. She had had, she's a, a uni student that had moved to Australia and she'd had a really bad week and she had decided that's it, I'm done with God. And um, she wasn't gonna go to Connect and her Connect leader tried to contact her and she's like, eh, I'm just over this. She doesn't go to uni that day, instead she goes to the park. She said, God, if you want me to be part of this life, if you have a plan, I need a sign. <laughs> Suddenly, Pastor Mark. <laughs> starts walking down. I'm like walking up behind. We didn't prophesy over her. We didn't give her a word of knowledge. All we said was, hey, what campus do you go to? Are you in a connect? And we walk away. She was so impacted. She said, God, did you send them to me? that she called her Connect leader straight away and said, I have a testimony to share with the Connect. And that night she shared with the Connect how God had sent us to give her a sign and she had an incredible Connect and God just worked on her. You should smell like victory even when you're not doing anything. Even when you're walking, you have no idea who God will bring your way. Philippians 2.10 says, the authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence everything and everyone will one day submit to his name in the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, and in the demonic realm. And every tongue will proclaim in every language, Jesus Christ is Lord Yahweh, bringing glory and honor to God, his Father. We win. We are on the winning side. Revelations 12, 11 says they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb, and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. They triumphed. They triumphed. They triumphed with the blood of Jesus. What does triumph mean? They won, they took over, they were successful, they smashed, they obliterated, they wrecked, they blew up, they tore up, they canceled. They took back what the enemy took from them. 
from, by what? By the blood, by Jesus's blood. It is a powerful weapon. It breaks every legal right the enemy has on your testimony. And your testimony, it echoes a victory. What a better reminder to the devil than to renew our blood covenant with Jesus, with communion. Communion is so powerful. And Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. It's not a religious ritual. It's I am remembering and I am renewing my covenant with you. And you know, communion is very uniting. Families, if you are fighting, I would encourage you, do communion together every day. Marriages, if you are struggling, Come together and do it unites you. It binds you together. The blood of Jesus seals us together as one army. In a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity to take communion. There are communion um, packs on your seats or if you're online, you can go grab some communion. Now, if you don't have communion, raise your hand and one of the ushers will make sure that you get them. Just raise it real high and they'll ensure that you have one. But this little packet here is just it's not power this packet but what it represents is so powerful there was a great army that was around 120 years ago it's called the azusa street revival it was an army of people that came together on april 9 1906 when God just moved powerfully in these meetings it started in a house and moved to a little wooden warehouse and so many people around the world got impacted by this army that they flew in and they traveled from everywhere to see what God was doing it was incredible but what the sad thing is about this army and actually if you look at the impact this army has you can see it all over the world I think they're gonna put a picture there of all the different places around the world. Churches were born, denominations were born, missionaries that came to Malaysia and Philippines and Thailand and Indonesia, all were sent or all commissioned from God from this revival. It just spread like wildfire. It started revivals in different places. And even now, after 120 years, the church can still feel the effect of the advancement of this army, the territory that this army won for us. But what the sad thing is, is that it only lasted three years. And it didn't finish because God decided it was over. It finished because someone got offended. Then someone whispered to somebody else. Then that person started whispering to someone else and suddenly whispers. It got so bad that one of the ladies that was William Seymour's main leader stole the database, stopping him from being able to communicate with the people about what God was doing. Three years, but a huge impact. Imagine if that army had been fighting for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, imagine if it was still going. The world history might have looked different if that army had kept going, but it was unforgiveness. It was offense that swallowed up, that stopped the army from advancing. When you take communion today, let me encourage you 
Don't just take this and say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. No, take a moment to say, is there anyone I need to forgive? Is there any bitterness, envy, unforgiveness, anger, irritation that I have with anybody two days ago, 25 years ago? Ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, can you reveal to me who I need to forgive? Then take a moment to forgive that person, release forgiveness on them. Then take communion and receive forgiveness for yourself. But not only receive forgiveness for yourself, renew your blood covenant with God. That this is a moment for you where you're saying, Jesus, I'm letting your blood run through my veins. I'm taking on the power of the blood so that whatever the enemy throws my way, it will fall off. He can try a fence and it's not going to happen. He can throw things at me, but it's just going to fall off because I am sealed in your blood. I am saved by the price that you paid. You know, the devil is constantly competing with the blood of Jesus. That's why he requires chicken bloods and cow bloods and human bloods. And he is always trying to compete with the power of the blood. But Jesus only in one moment, in one time, with one sacrifice, canceled and slashed everything. We don't have to do that anymore. He paid the price. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you have never entered into a relationship with Jesus, we want you to know that He loves you very much. So much that He died on the cross for all of your sins that stood between you and God. If you would like to make a decision to follow Jesus today, all you need to do is to repeat this prayer. Dear God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I admit that I'm not right with you and I want to be right with you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for saving me and making me your child. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or if God has done anything in your life because of this podcast, we would love to know. Email us at testimony at kingdomcity.com.